Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to see how this song they've just sung is a Rosh Hashanah song from Psalms 118. And we're going to be looking at that in our uh, sermon this, e this uh, afternoon. Well, almost it is. Wow. Wow. You guys, y'all mark the clock now because if we get out of here late, it will, I'm just getting it. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's, uh, we, this is an exciting day, though. Let me tell you what. This is an amazing day as we, uh, this evening, at about 6.50, as the sun sets, we'll uh, enter into a whole new year. It's Rosh Hashanah. It is the celebration of a new year according to God's calendar. We'll be moving into uh, the year 5,780. Uh, 5,780 years since God created Adam and created this world and gave it to us. And uh, what an exciting time. It's a new year. It's a new season. It's a new level. And uh, God has it for us. And he, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> is going to show us great and mighty things. I want to pray a prayer out of the Psalms as we open up in our Bible study this morning. And that's Psalms 119, verse 18. And one translation says, Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. From that same Hebrew text, there's a translation uh, that brings it out. And I love this uh, version of it. It says, Open my eyes to see the miracles in your teachings. I want that to be our prayer this morning, that God would open our eyes to see the miracles in His teachings. Father, we just come to study Your Word now. We pray, Holy Spirit, the author of this holy inspired Word of God to us, would open our eyes that we would see, our hearts that we would receive, our ears that we would hear, and our minds that we would understand. And Lord God, our feet, that we would walk it out and be doers of your word and not hearers only. Lord God, direct our time together in studying your word. Now we pray, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Like I said, what an exciting time of the year it is. We're right in the crux of what God is doing. And it's all about calendars, and all of us have calendars. This day and age, you got a little computer you carry around in your pocket called a smartphone. Used to would have to say, let me get back to the office and check my calendar. Now you can pull it out. You've got access to everything. I know calendars are important. School calendars just started September. School got back. We got our supplies for our kids, the uniforms, if they wear uniforms and clothes and everything to get them ready for school because the school calendar said it's time to start their next level of training. And uh, our kids moved up to the next level. Uh, there's the fiscal calendars your CPA is going to be looking at. The IRS is going to be looking at. The state uh, tax government is going to be looking at it. Uh, what your fiscal year as it comes around. Then there's the agricultural calendar. We uh, who grew up on farms, you understand that. There's a time on the calendar you're supposed to plant and a time you're supposed to put certain uh, uh, harvests or certain crops you're supposed to plant it. And there's times you're supposed to harvest it. And if you miss those times, you miss the blessing of that harvest. There's civil calendars that we all deal with globally. There's political calendars that uh, the governments and all the different governments around the world deal with. Uh, every one of us have plans that we have placed on our calendar. We have calendars that are important to us. And guess what? Calendars are very important to God too. God has a calendar. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I think if God has a calendar, 
then his calendar is going to trump any calendar we have, right? So we need to understand his calendar even more so than our calendar and get our calendar synced with his calendar. And there's people that ask, are the feasts that God has on his calendar, are they relevant to us today? Some people think that they're only Jewish and nowhere in the Bible do they say that they're limited to the Jews only. The Bible says that these are God's feast days and uh, feast days of the Lord, and uh, they're feasts that He has set on His calendar and shared with us in the Word when they are. The only reason we remotely believe they're Jewish feasts only is because the Jews are the ones that have kept them uh, most consistently. But in Leviticus 23, the Bible clearly says that the feasts are for everybody. And I truly believe, just as God's, uh, Jesus' first coming as well as his second coming that is yet to be, are based on God's prophetic calendar, and all of this surrounds the feast days, which makes today so very, very exciting as we are here coming up on just hours of before we enter into this new year of Rosh Hashanah. Now, there are seven feasts. I've shared this with you many times, but it bears us repeating Seven feasts of the Lord. This is on his calendar. He set four of those feasts to be in the springtime. Then he had this gap. We didn't really understand that gap until you and I got born into it. Uh, that was the church age that would separate the spring feast from the fall feast as the prophets of old prophesied and pointed to the spring feast being fulfilled in and through Christ Jesus, we the church are to occupy until he comes back again and we're to usher in the prophetic fulfillment of all the fall feasts that are yet to be fulfilled in Christ. And there's seven feasts, not six, not eight, but seven and during these spring feasts, as you see them on the slide over my head, you see that Jesus died on a feast, the feast of Passover. Do you think that was a coincidence? I don't think so. On the same day, at the same hour, at 3 p.m., when the Israelites in Egypt killed that Passover lamb and put the blood over the doorpost and the lentil over their house, and the death angel passed over their house, almost 1,500 years later, on the same day, at the same hour, at 3 p.m., the righteous high priest in the temple are slaying the Passover lamb, and the unrighteous high priest are putting the lamb of God on a cross at the same time, same day, at 3 p.m. there on Golgotha. Jesus fulfilled the Feast of Passover. That was not a coincidence. And Jesus was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Unleavened Bread was prophesying that there would be one that would come without sin who would redeem us who had sin. He would be like unleavened bread without sin. Well, let me tell you, Jesus, the Bible says, was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Do you think that was a coincidence? I don't think so. And he rose from the dead three years from the dead three days later on the Feast of First Fruits. Do you think that was a coincidence? I don't believe so. And then the Holy Spirit of God came on the Feast of Pentecost 50 days later and birthed the church, birthed you, birthed me, that we would be full of the Holy Spirit to carry the message of Jesus Christ unto the world, uh, awaiting the return of Jesus as He had promised 
All of these four happened on feast days, and that was not a coincidence. I say what God did in the spring season, in the four feasts that He fulfilled on feast days, He's yet to fulfill on feast days in the fall feast as we prophetically still see the coming of the Lord. I believe the second coming of the Messiah is connected with the feast days, just as everything He has done prior has been connected to the feast days. And the first is the Feast of Trumpets, or Rosh Hashanah, which we are entering in today. When the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord Jesus in the air, the Bible says. First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet or the shofar of God. Here we are, the Feast of Trumpets. That's Rosh Hashanah. Here it is. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Raptured is what caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus always be with the Lord. Then that's followed by the ten days of awe, which then leads to the day of atonement, and that is Yom Kippur. And after that, we see the greatest celebration of the whole year is the Feast of Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, where Jesus Christ comes back to this earth and tabernacles with man, establishes His kingdom here on this earth. Here, Rosh Hashanah corresponds with the rapture, Yom Kippur with the second coming, and Sukkot with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. All of that's yet to be fulfilled, and the exciting thing, is that you and I are participating in the calendar of God with that beginning here just hours from us right now with Rosh Hashanah. See, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, we read that God put the sun, the moon, and the stars in the skies for times and seasons, for signs and seasons, for the days and of years. And that word seasons here in Genesis 1 and 14 comes from a Hebrew word moedim, which means appointed times, sacred seasons, set feast. So God created part of the reason you see the sun still shining. And part of the reason that God created that moon that you can even see this evening, let me tell you what, He created it so that we could measure, so that we could see His calendar, that we could understand appointed times, sacred seasons, and the set feast. I'm telling you what, if God was willing to create that sun and cause it to keep burning year after year after year after year, and the moon to reflect year after year, and everything in its cycle so that the calendar of God can be kept, so that we can know when the set feasts are, let me tell you what, I believe they are important to God. I believe if He's willing to do all of that so that we would know when His anniversaries and know when the prophetic calendar is, then it is important that we study it and, and apply it to our life. It's interesting that this word Moedim is translated as you take the Old Testament and, 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 and the translators translated it 150 times as congregation. And then they translated it 23 times as feast. And they did that in its context, which gives us the context from God's revelation to us that we are uh, created by God to come together in congregation and to celebrate the feast of the Lord. 
So really and truly, we're putting a smile on God's face right now, bigger than you can ever imagine, because we've gathered together at this sacred assembly, we've gathered together, and we are recognizing and celebrating the calendar of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know about you, but that excites me. I know the first service was excited. I believe the second service will be more excited. Come on. Praise God. See, we call ourselves children of the Most High God, and every one of us, as His children, we need to be on the same page as the King. I mean, wouldn't it make sense that if we wanted to be on the same page or use the same calendar that our God, who has created everything good and everything pleasant for us, is on? That we don't take our own calendar and say, oh, we ignore God. We're just going to live life the way we want to live life. No, if you want to live right in the very crossroads of God's blessing and God's favor and God's appointment and God's renewal and God's promotion, then we're going to do it according to his calendar. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, but concerning the times, and that word is a Greek word, chronos. Chronos is the chronology or the time, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock time that we all live by. And then he says, so, but concerning the chronos, our living tick-tock, tick-tock, day-to-day, minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour time, and the seasons, and that comes from the Greek word kairos, the seasons, the feasts, the set times, the, the kairos, the times that God has appointed on the chronos, He has set up appointments uh, from the kairos. So concerning those brethren, you have no need that I should write you. So Paul is saying, I'm talking to a congregation here. You, you have a Jewish heritage so that you've seen how they have kept and, and you understand the feast times. You understand those. So really, I don't need to write to you because you know that. But for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they, now he talks, he's turning from the brethren, the believers, and he's talking to the unbelievers. He says, now when they, the unbelievers, say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. The unbelievers who will not come in and sync with the calendar of God, understanding the chronos and the kairos of God, he says, they don't know. And, and things are going to catch them off guard. And, and, and they're not going to escape. But look what verse 4 says. But you, brethren, but you believers, you are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. It's like a thief in the night. The Lord's return is going to rapture the church. But for you, it's not going to take you by surprise. Why? Because you know the chronos and the kairos. You know the times and the seasons. You know the appointed times of God because you of the feast that He has given to us to keep us on His calendar. How exciting to know. We don't know the, the hour. We don't know the exact day or the hour of the Lord's return, but we know the season, the Bible says. And it's not going to catch us by surprise. Hallelujah. We're not going to be like the foolish virgins. We're going to be like the wise virgins who have our oil filled with, uh, our lamp filled with oil and the wick trimmed and burning bright. And we're awake and we're awaiting the return of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So, so as we're living through the chronos, the tick-tock, tick-tock of time, we must also take the time to celebrate the kairos, the interjections, the, the, the appointed times that God has set up, and one of those is the beginning of the fall feast, and that is Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets the, uh, that we are celebrating today. Hallelujah. And Jesus is known for taking physical things, earthly things, and teaching spiritual lessons. I mean, he used a fig tree, he used wineskins, he used grapevines, he used seeds, he used mountains, he used thorns, he used bushes, he used uh, food, he used crosses. He, he used physical things to teach about the spiritual truths of God. And in the same way, the feasts of the Lord are physical, tangible ways of doing exercises that bring about spiritual growth and spiritual character. And by celebrating these feast days of the Lord, we are preparing the way of the Lord. Say preparation. Come on, say preparation. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to be married to the bridegroom, for we are the bride of Christ, and we're going through the wedding rehearsal. Each year we're going through the wedding rehearsal until it takes place. When it's going to take place, which year, we don't know, but we know it will because just as the four uh, uh, spring feasts were fulfilled exactly, the three fall feasts will be fulfilled by Christ as well. Hallelujah. So God set this appointment for a wedding rehearsal. You might would say, Rosh Hashanah, it's set on his calendar. This is Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets. It's the head of the new year. You thought January 1 was the head of the new year. On the Gregorian calendar, it is. But on God's calendar, the way he's been counting time, tonight at about 6.50 at sunset begins the new year, 5,780, and it is the year of the next level of promotion of the open gates of God's provision for us in this new day, in this new year. And it's signified with the blowing of the shofar, with the blowing of the ram's horn. Hallelujah. And, and, and Rosh Hashanah is a time of asking and offering forgiveness for all the wrongs of the past year. You don't want to carry that mess from the past year into the new year, right? It's like a wedding rehearsal. We're getting ready to get married and take it to the next level. So it's to be celebrated as a holy convocation, a fall harvest of bringing ourselves before the Lord to worship Him as, as, as a King of kings and Lord of lords, to crown Him, to bring Him an offering of harvest and to bless Him in every way that we can, thanking Him for what He's done in the past, for what He's provided today, and yet what He's going to do in this new year. Hallelujah. Now, it's believed in Judaism that Abraham offered Isaac. You remember Abraham when he offered his son Isaac there on the mountain? And, uh, and the angel stopped him and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, there is a ram caught in the bush or the thicket by his horn. So Isaac's life was saved by a ram's horn. Guess what? The shofar is the blowing of the ram's horn. Hallelujah. And there on that mountain is the first time in the biblical history where God uh, reveals his character as Jehovah Jireh. And there he said, I am your God who provides all things. 
So it was at Rosh Hashanah the, the, with the ram's horn, the blowing of the ram's horn, God identifies himself, I am your Jehovah Jireh. So as we go into this new year, he wants you to know that he is your Jehovah Jireh. He is your God, your provider. He's going to meet every need according to his riches and glory. You've just got to celebrate him, put him first, serve him, worship him, love him, praise him, honor him, love on him, brag on him. Hallelujah! Tell others about him. He is our Jehovah Jireh. Praise God. And the cool thing about it is as you study Rosh Hashanah as it's the head of the year, when you would study Jubilee, every 50th year would be the year of Jubilee. All debts canceled, all bondages released, all prisoners set free, everything restored to its original creative order. I don't know about you, but there may be some things in your body that needs to be restored to its original creative order. There may be age, there may be uh, chemicals, there may be lifestyle, there may be challenges of accidents and things that the enemy's tried to bring against you to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. But let me tell you why. God is a God that can restore things to their original creative order. I don't know about you, but I speak that over my body, every system in my body, every organ in my body, every cell in my body, every function of my body come back to its original creative order by the hand of God, to the glory of God. I feel a miracle working from the top of my head to the soles of my feet out through my fingertips right now. I'm calling on it by faith. You say, well, I don't believe. Well, if you don't believe, you don't receive. But I believe and I'm receiving the original creative order of God because that's what Jubilee was all about. And Jubilee was measured from, by, from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. Now the cool thing is Jesus steps on the scene and says you don't have to wait for Rosh Hashanah every 50th year to get your Jubilee. He said, I've come to be your perpetual Jubilee for every believer in me. We find that in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21, when Jesus is actually beginning his ministry in Nazareth there in the synagogue. He takes the scroll and he turns to Isaiah 61 and he reads verse 1 in the first part of verse 2. And he says, The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and an opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim jubilee, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus says, I've come to fulfill that. It is no longer every 50 years, but now it can be every day, every year, because I am your perpetual jubilee. This is what I come to establish. And he closed the book and he gave it back to them and said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit to preach the good news to the poor. I'm telling you, if you've got poverty in your life, I've got good news from Jesus today. Your jubilee is now. And let this Rosh Hashanah, what would normally measure every year to 50 years to remind you, let you be reminded that your jubilee is now in Jesus Christ. He came to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. I think it's pretty neat we got a testimony of healing of the eyes here this morning. Though we didn't ask for it, but I'm telling you, it's Rosh Hashanah. I'm telling you, call your eyesight back right now. Call your eyesight back right now to where this year you're going to say, I've got to take these glasses off. I need to get them changed. No, just take them off and try looking without them. 
you know what? Let it get corrected. Take it off. You're like, because your glasses are getting blurry, you think it's getting worse. You need to up the prescription. No, it may be getting restored because of jubilee or sight to the blind. And you don't need them anymore. I don't know about you, but I'm going to claim that one as well. Hallelujah. Because it is jubilee. Praise God. Provision has been made by Jesus Christ. But if you'll notice, he stopped midway, verse 2, and he closed the book and he sat down and said, this is fulfilled. So up to that point, it was fulfilled. Why in the world was the second part of verse 2 following left yet to come? Because the Holy Spirit hadn't yet come. That was what the whole, Jesus came to fulfill the Jubilee and bring us up to that. But the Holy Spirit was going to come at the birth of the church at another feast. Not Feast of Rosh Hashanah, but another feast, the Feast of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit was going to come and finish out the rest. Guess what? We live in the church age, so we've got it all. We got Jesus and Holy Ghost and the love of the Father. Hallelujah. So what did verse 2, verse B, B, part B go on to say? And the day of vengeance of our God. The day of vengeance of our God. Vengeance means repayment. Vengeance means to avenge, to make right what was wrong, to settle the score. Like the Avengers, if you've ever watched that, Iron Man, okay, and, and Thor and Hulk and Captain America, you know, the Avengers. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes to make things right that were wrong. That's why we are commanded in Ephesians 6 to always pray in the Spirit as part of our armor, okay? Because the Holy Spirit comes to reverse the curse. Praise the God. Make it, make it, make it actual in our lives. Make it factual in our lives. To make it the real deal for each and every one of us because the Holy Spirit now not only dwells with us, but He dwells in us to bring the kingdom of God through us. Hallelujah. And he says, now to comfort all who mourn. What's the Holy Spirit's name? Parakletos. He is our comforter. He comes alongside. He is our comforter to give them beauty for ashes and joy for mourning and garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness that you may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of God that for the favor of God, that favor, that Rosh Hashanah glory of God flowing through your life. I don't know about you, but this is the morning to give Him your ashes, to give Him your mourning, to give Him your, your spirit of heaviness. He'll trade with you right now. He'll trade with you right now. Your ashes for His beauty. I'm telling you, your mourning, your sadness for His joy, your spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. He'll trade with you right now. It's Rosh Hashanah. He's waking us up to remind us of what is ours. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because Rosh Hashanah also means the opening of the gate. The opening of heaven's gate. He's to remind us that the gates are open. Hallelujah. So we want to judge ourselves on Rosh Hashanah. Am I loving God? My heart, soul, mind, and strength? Am I loving my neighbor as myself? Isn't that what Jesus taught us? Am I honoring God with my words, with my life? Am I honoring God with the first fruits of that which He says belongs to Him? Am I obeying the Holy Spirit and giving what He prompts me to give? Am I being kind? Am I being forgiving? Am I being gracious? Am I being loving? And if we are, for this next year, the gates are open so that Thy kingdom come and Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. This is what makes us a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Everybody say open gates. Open. Come on, say it together. Open gates. Open. The gates are open, church. The gates are open. God wants heaven flowing through you into this earth. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to show you a Rosh Hashanah psalm. There's a psalm. You know, the psalms were set uh, to, to coincide and to come alongside and support the, the, the kairos, the, the seasons of God. So as you study the Psalms, many of them are prophetic and describing even to the detail of Jesus on the cross. There's others of them that come alongside to support the celebration and the gathering together of the congregation. And guess what Psalms 118 is? It is a Rosh Hashanah Psalms. Look at verse 16 and 17. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, I want you to take into this new year. I want you to take into this new year. I won't be broke. I won't go backwards. I'm not going to go under. I'm not going to get sick. My marriage is going to prosper. My relationships are going to prosper. Everything that I put my hands to is going to prosper. It's not going to die. It's not going to die. It's going to live. It's going to live. Hallelujah. You've got to take it not into someday. You've got to take it in today. You've got to let your faith rise up on this Rosh Hashanah and say, not another day is going to pass. In the chronos of my time is the kairos of God's time. And God is saying, wake up, wake up, let faith arise. Let faith reach out to the right hand of God that works valiantly to give you victory in every, every, every area of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he goes in verse 18, he says, the Lord has chastened me severely. Now what does that mean? Well, up to today, for the past 30 days, the priests have been blowing the shofar, uh, telling the people you, it was a warning blow. It was a wake-up blow. It was a get-your-life-straight blow, uh, saying, you know, God's speaking, God's speaking. Have you been gossiping? Have you been backbiting? Have you been acting out in hypocrisy? Have you been robbing God? Have you been not forgiving others? For 30 days, the, 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 the shofar has sounded and the Lord has chastened me severely because God chastens those He loves. Get it right. Get it right. Get it under the blood. Get it straight with God. It's God saying, if you haven't forgiven others, the next year is not going to be good for you. If you haven't honored me with the tithes and the offerings, the next year is not going to be good for you. If you've been stirring dissension among my brethren, the next year's not going to be good for you. So God has chastened us and called us to a place of repentance, a place of coming on the altar, coming before Him. Get it right. Get it right. Say, I'm going to set my course in this new year to honor the Lord. Look what he says. He said, yes, the Lord is chasing me severely, but He has not given me over to death. In other words, God has not given up on me. I've missed the mark, but God has not given up on me. I didn't quite get it right this past year, but God has not given up on me. He keeps blowing the trumpet to remind me, you've got a brand new year. You've got a brand new start. The old things have passed away. All things are become new. Our chastening came on Jesus. He took the curse on Him on the cross. So you don't need to die. You don't need to suffer. You don't need to be sick. You don't need to be bound. No, Jesus took that on the cross. He took the curse off of us. He he took our chastening on Himself so that life abundantly could be set unto you. Let this be your new year. And that's why He goes right into verse 19. He says, Now open to me the gates, hallelujah, of righteousness, and I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That word righteousness there in Hebrew means to be made right with God. To be set in the proper position. 
to be set in proper alignment. See, God is pulling back the bow. He's ready. He wants to, he wants to propel you with acceleration into this new year, into His goodness, and into His blessing. But you got to get in right alignment. Because if you're out of alignment, you get propelled in the wrong direction. No, God says, i got to release you into righteousness. And I am, you are therefore now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You better, you better come to Christ. You better come to Christ. This is not a time to be playing games. This is a time of total surrender. This is a time of loving on Jesus. This is a time of calling Him King of kings and Lord of lords. This is a time to live your life for Him. And He's going he's to propel you into your destiny this year for the good things, for the promotion, for the next level, for the blessings, that abundant life that He has for you. Because our righteousness does not depend on us. Amen? Amen. Our holiness does not depend on us. We're made right with God by God through Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's an act of His love and grace and mercy. We're saved by grace. Thank God. So we got to look to Jesus. He's our Savior. we got to turn our lives over to Jesus. we got to surrender to Jesus. He's our Savior. He's our hope. Hallelujah. And when we do, He says, open to me the gates. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm, if God's trying to remind me through a Rosh Hashanah Psalms that He's opening the gates, that this is the time for heaven to fill my life, I say, open to me the gates, Lord. i got faith to believe you at your word. I'm praying, Father, this year, open to me your kindness. Open to me your acts of power. Open to me healing power like I've never seen before. Provide through these open gates provision like I've never seen before. I'm praying God open to me acts of love, your wisdom, your prosperity, debt cancellation in the name of Jesus. Open to me and my family a new blessing, a new joy, a whole new level. You say you want to open the gates unto me? God, I come in to praise you. I will praise the Lord as I come through these open gates. Hallelujah. Are you going to walk through them or are you going to run through them? I'm running. I'm telling you, I'm running. I guarantee you, I want all God's got for me. I'm telling you, if Jesus did everything to provide it for me, I'm not going to leave it on the table. I'm not going to leave it in the corner and say it doesn't really, it's not really valuable to me. If Jesus saw it so valuable that he's willing to die on a cross and be crucified and shed his blood and die and be buried in a grave to get it to me, I'm coming in for all of it. To God be the glory. To God be the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight is open gates. And because of Jesus, the good news is they're always open. He is the gate. Hallelujah. But if the rapture doesn't take place, we're to usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth. You're to bring the will of heaven on earth. You're to bring the kingdom's rule of heaven on earth. You're to operate in authority that He's given you over all the power of the enemy. The enemy's under your feet. It's time you to take your marching orders and stand up strong and say, No devil, you're not ruling over me. I'm walking. I'm trampling. I'm marching over your head into the destiny God has for me. Because I'm telling you, Rosh Hashanah is the thermostat set for the rest of the year. I'm telling you, you can set the thermostat. I pray yours will, will be, you know, I want to say heated up. Lord, help me. That's hard for me to preach, okay? <laughs> Somebody turned our thermostat up the other day. It was like, ah, the weather's gotten cooler. And they just, for some reason, or other, forgot about humidity, you know? I need conditioned air. 
And I went and I walked upstairs and I said, either the unit is broke and it shouldn't be. It's a new one or somebody. <laughs> has been messing with that thermostat. And it was on a higher number than it should be on. I, I, somebody gave us a Alexa. Is that what you call it? Alexa, you tell it, play this, do this. I'm going to set up thermostats. And I'm going to say, Alexa, shock anybody that touches him. <laughs> I don't know if that'll work or not. But you know what? Thermostats are important. And Rosh Hashanah sets the thermostat for the new year. Come on, let's go into this year believing God for everything that He has for us. Believe in God for the supernatural miracle manifest of heaven on earth. Believe in God for the next level in our lives and our family's life. The trumpets are blowing. They're announcing the King is coming. The King is coming. Get ready. Get ready. The Messiah wants to show Himself strong in and through your life. We're called to crown Him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The trumpet is sounding. It is it is calling us to, for coronation. It is calling us for warfare. Don't let the devil rule over. You exercise your authority. Hallelujah. And the trumpets are sounding, calling us for worship. So he says in Ephesians 5 and 14, Therefore, awake, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming what the time, the modem, redeeming the seasons, redeeming the schedules of God because the days are evil. And Paul was quoting Isaiah 20 and 19. And he says, wake up! Wake up! Hear the sound of the trumpet? Wake up! I'm telling you, it's time for us, the church, to wake up. Rosh Hashanah is all about being an alarm clock to remind us to wake up. God has greater things for us in this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to close with this. God has blessings that He is prophetically... He wants them on you so much that He had a prophet tell them thousands of years ago. He had the Holy Spirit record it through the writing of man. He's had it preserved through martyrs who have given their lives to keep the Word of God coming to us so that you would be reminded He wants you blessed. And He says, these are the blessings I want you to have this Rosh Hashanah. He said, I want you to have double portion. Double. Somebody want to receive that? Say double. 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 Financial promise. He said, I want you to have more than enough, abundance, overflow. He said, all this is in Joel chapter 2. He said, I want you to have restoration. Yes. Maybe something has been severed, something has been hurt, something has been removed, something has been destroyed. He wants to restore it. Restoration of your health. Maybe sickness, maybe a disease, maybe accident, maybe uh, the life has worn and, 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 and torn down and destroyed things in your body. Restoration. I want to restore it, saith the Lord. He said, I'm, I'm telling you this. This is what I want for you. Restoration. Restoration in your marriage. Restoration in your relationship with your children, your parents. Restoration in your relationship with your friends. Restoration in every area of your life. And in special miracles, here's what God says. You may not even find the miracle I want to do for you recorded in the Scriptures. There was a day that no one had ever been healed by touching the hem of my garment, but a woman pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of my garment. And then after that, many were healed that touched the hem of his garment. That was a special miracle, never been recorded, but she broke through. 
you're going to break through. You don't, you're not going to be even limited. That's what God says. I don't want you to even feel limited that you've got to find a particular miracle in the Bible so that that can happen for you. He said, I'll do special miracles for you. Special miracles. And divine presence. He says, you're going to know me better this year than you've ever known me. You're going to feel my presence. You're going to hear my voice. You're going to sense my power. You're going to walk in my anointing. My presence is going to go with you. My presence will manifest through you. And then he says, blessings from your son, for your sons and your daughters. Hallelujah. For you who have physical, biological sons and daughters, this doesn't limit it to just this generation. When you study in the Hebrew, in the prophetic order, it means for every generation, every one that would come from your seed. For the generation, even if God tarries and you go to heaven and there are great, 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 great grandchildren, you don't even never know, but this blessing will be for them. Will you call it on them? Will you call them on? Now, now that's biological children, but also the scripture talks about spiritual children. Those that we adopt, those that we become models for, those that we become examples for. Blessings. You can call the blessings on your sons and your daughters. And then he says deliverance to whoever calls on his name. Meaning that that anything the devil ever tricks you with, anything the devil ever hits you with, anything the devil ever trips you up over, all you got to do is call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus and you're not going to be bound, you're going to be free. You're not going to be held back, but you're really going to be promoted. Hallelujah. All you got to do is call on the name of Jesus. It's Rosh Hashanah. He says, this is the alarm clock. This is the trumpet blowing, the shofar blowing. It's a wake-up call. It's a new year. It's a new season. It's time to go to the next level. If you're going to receive it with me, come on, let's stand up. Because David said, the gate of heaven is open and I will run through it with praise on my lips. I believe there's a praise in this house right now. I believe there's a praise within your sinner man that says, you know what? I'm coming and I'm going to get all you got for me, Lord. Everything you provided, I can receive it now with praise. Go ahead and begin to praise Him. Go ahead and begin to praise Him right now. Lord, I praise You for my healing. I praise You for my breakthrough. I praise You for my financial blessing. I praise You, Lord God, for deliverance. I praise You for my sons and daughters being blessed. I praise You. I praise You. Yes, Lord. I praise You. Hallelujah. It's the wake up. It's the wake up call of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going into this new year, I'm telling you, there's a power of God to be released in your life. And if you're finding there's any difficulty or if there's any challenge, let me tell you what, you need somebody to agree with you right now. There's power in agreement. We're going to help you out with that. We're going to ask our prayer ministers to come. Our prayer ministers, I want them to come to the altar here and make themselves available to stand in agreement with you. Whatever you're believing God for in this new year, whatever you're needing, whatever the miracle may be, whether it's a special miracle or miracles that are noted throughout the Scripture, whatever you need, these men and women of faith are going to stand with you in agreement. One can put a thousand of the enemy to flight. Two can put 10,000. There's going to be 10 times the power released in your life in faith as their faith joins your faith. So just come without any delay. If you've got anything you want them to stand in agreement with you, to pray with you in this closing prayer, I want you to come now. Just come. Don't you go into this new year powerless. Don't you go into Just come on up. Just come on up. Yes, just come on. Let the prayers begin. Let the prayers begin. Just come. 
any one of these prayer intercessors are standing here ready to pray with you. Just come. Oh, there's no need. There's no need for you to go into this new year dragging any old baggage. There's no need for you dragging. There may be uh, in your life that you cannot call on the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, if you've not called on the name of Jesus, let me tell you what. The Bible says, without Christ, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords of our lives. We're not saved. He's our only hope. He's our only deliverance. He's our only salvation. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So if you've not called upon the name of Jesus and you want to be saved, call on His name today. And I tell you, it would be amazing for you to come and let one of these intercessors pray with you as you accept Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. Let them encourage you with some words of, of wisdom and words of, to, to begin living your life. Just come to them right now. Just come if you need prayer. And if they're busy, just come on. There are more intercessors I know that will make themselves available as you come. There are more intercessors, I guarantee you. If you're willing to come for the prayer, they'll come up here and meet you and, and to pray. Hallelujah. But you don't need to go into this new year bound, held back, weighted down like you came in here today. God's got a fresh start for you. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, a cleansing, a washing away of your sins, a removal of the guilt and the condemnation. God's got a fresh start for you. Maybe it's something that, that has been tagging on for so long you feel like this is just the way it should be. As, as the Israelites told uh, Samuel, when Samuel's fighting against the Philistines, they, I mean Samson, and they tell Samson, you know, this is the way it should, it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be living under the strong arm of the Philistines. We're supposed to be in bondage. We're supposed to be living in fear. And Samson says, I disagree. He said, I have an anointing from heaven on me to come against the enemy and break their back. And I'm here to tell you there's an anointing from heaven in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that has come to break the enemy's back. This should not be. You should not be living with that limitation. You should not be living with that bondage. You should not be living with that negativity that the enemy has placed on your life. For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You need somebody to stand with you in prayer. Stand in agreement. Just come. Just come. We'll pray for you. Hallelujah. I want to pray for everybody here. Father God, I want to thank you right now in the name of Jesus. It's Rosh Hashanah. You remind us the gates of heaven are open. You're reminding us that it's available in and through Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit. You're available to us in every area. So I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, those tuned in, those that are watching by Facebook, those who are watching by the internet, those who are watching by television, those who are listening by radio, I pray for you as well in the name of Jesus that God would bless you supernaturally beginning right now at the release of my words into the atmosphere with a double portion, a double portion in the name of Jesus double anointing, double wisdom, double increase, double favor, double promotion, double increase, double favor, 
double promotion, double, double in the name of Jesus. And I pray for you right now that you would receive financial promises of God fulfilled in your life. He identified Himself as Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider, who would meet all of our needs according to His riches and glory. He, he revealed that at Rosh Hashanah, that it be revealed unto you this day, that He's going to meet your financial needs according to His riches and glory, that He wants to prosper you, that He wants to restore you. He wants to restore unto you broken relationship. He wants to restore unto you a broken heart. He wants to restore that broken heart. He wants to restore those broken relationships. He wants to restore those broken dreams. He wants to restore them in the name of Jesus. Restoration. I pray restoration to every organ in your body. Restoration to every system in your body. Restoration. Come back in alignment with God's original creative order from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. I pray for you special miracles in the name of Jesus. Specially... Uh, 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 fashioned and specially uh, uh, stirred up by the hand of God for your particular need, for your particular circumstance. Let special miracles be manifest. And the presence of God, yes, the divine presence of God, like you've never felt, never known, never heard in all of your life, that it would go to a whole new level, that you would hear Him through His Word. You would hear Him by His Spirit. You would hear Him and walk with Him and talk with Him more intimately than you ever have before. Blessings to your sons and your daughters. I bring all your seed, you know, the biological seed as well as your spiritual seed, I bring them under the blessing where God says His blessing is released from heaven on earth on your sons and your daughters. Uh, they will experience the mighty right hand of God ministering in their lives because of you and what you're doing right now here today. Hallelujah. Blessings, I pray, and deliverance to whoever calls on the name of Jesus. Oh, that you would be set free free to worship, free to live, free to honor Him, free to carry about His gospel message, free to witness, free to let the world see the light shine of His gospel in and through you, being the salt of the earth you're called to be. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let it be. Let it be, I pray. Favor, blessings, and anointing upon each and every one we pray. Hallelujah. They're going to keep praying here, make themselves available.